Is it Sugar Ray? Nah. Lisa Ray? No. D Ray? <laughs> no. It's time for the LaDonna Ray Show. I'm so shy, shy, shy. The one and only sexy mama, LaDonna Ray. Welcome to the LaDonna Ray Show. What's up, what's up, what's up? You are listening to the LaDonna Ray Show. I'm your host, LaDonna Ray. Hey, you know we talk to those content creators from everywhere all around the world. And today's special guest is a little bit different for me. When you talk to a dear friend of yours that you have admired their work from afar for so long, kind of hard to sit them down and have an interview. And I put that in air quotes. You don't want to mess up and this is a big deal for you because you want to let them know that I've been paying attention. You have been the catalyst who started it all on the radio. We all grew up listening to Rick Party on the radio, and I'm just so honored to have him on our show today. And that interview is coming up next, right here on the LaDonna Ray Show. Yeah. Get ready for the LaDonna Ray Show on 88.9 FM. For exclusive interviews right here, go. Go, go. Yo, what's up? It's your girl, LaDonna Ray. For exclusive interviews with some trending artists and content creators, tune in to the LaDonna Ray Show. Hosted by me each and every Monday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 88.9 FM Chicago. Here's another hit right now on your new music station. If not the LaDonna Ray Show, then what are you listening to? Turn it up all the way on the LaDonna Ray Show. Hey, you're tuned into the LaDonna Ray Show, and I'm LaDonna Ray. And today, as you know, we are on our gazillionth episode, but we just started, right? How weird is that? So we talk to content creators from all over the world and those notables that we can actually verify. And one of the people that we've come across, Mr. Rick Party. What's up? What's up, LaDonna? <laughs> it is so good to have you. You know, let me just tell you, it's such an honor to be sitting here next to you virtually. Well, thank you. I mean, my pleasure. I mean, we, we've known each other for a hundred years, but you were <laughs> you weren't even born yet. So no, no, 24 no. now, right? 20. Shh. Yeah. Yeah. 24. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I everybody knows the name Rick Party and not only do they know the name, they know the voice. Right. You can't hide. And you have quite the reputation of being someone who has helped people in their radio careers. Right. But where did that all come from? Like, did you just wake up one morning and go, I want to be on the radio? Because a little birdie told me a little story. Right. What does me want to be on the radio, right? You're asking? Yes. Well, it, it happened when I got kicked out of school and I used to call the radio station every single day. And the guy in the other end of the phone at the radio station, WBMX, was uh, Earl Boston. And he asked me one day, why are are you calling me every single day? And I said, well, I'm sick. <coughs> he said, don't give me that. Tell the truth. I said, well, quite honestly, I got kicked out of school, yada, yada, yada. He said, for what? And I told him why. And that wasn't anything bad. It was a bunch of gang problems at the time. And I just didn't want to go to school. And, you know, he gave me his life story and said how he became an auto mechanic, crushed his finger, became a DJ. That's how he was discovered. But this man, while he's working on the air, taking the time to talk to me, that made me want to be 
just like him. And that was the beginning of Rick Party on the radio. Earl Boston was his name, by the way. Who's uh, still that, in my life today? Mm. And that's a good thing. But like I said, a little birdie told me that it started even before then. You used to walk around at the age of five years old with a tape recorder and a microphone oh, recording my. yourself. <laughs> mm. well, you're going way back now. I you're mean. going way back. Okay. So my, my cousin and I, Don, we would sit with these little tape recorders and record ourselves doing radio skits. We didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we, we heard people speaking. So we'd make these little plays and imitate the guys that we heard on the radio. Like, hey, this is Wolfman Jack and da 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 Hi, I'm Casey Kasem. Just all these little voices as young kids. And I think that's where it really, really started. My, my passion for just hearing myself back, you know, without any headphones, just record, play. I think that's where it started then. You got to be right. Yeah. Where'd you get that information from? Mm, I'll never tell. Dude, so... <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, with, with people out there like James Earl Jones, who had a speech impediment and, you know, just knowing that you have quite this velvety voice that is heard all over the country when it comes to ESPN, BET, the list goes on. You too, all, you too had a speech impediment. How did you overcome that with the confidence of knowing that you could actually do radio? Well, it was tough. I didn't know. And I think part of the speech impediment came from the learning disability. I felt that everything that I'd say out of my mouth would wouldn't come out right. So I was nervous about that. And then, you know, part of it, I just couldn't pronounce some word. My mom, she actually sent me to a special program in the summers so that I can get it right. In fact, she took me out of school. Probably I felt like it was a quarter or half the year where uh, we can kind of catch up with the other kid. And I, I felt myself learning and coming along and whomever my teacher was, I can't remember who, but they were special in our lives. And, and they made us feel like it's not a problem. You're okay. You just need special attention and special love. That was the the many things that that set me on the track. Number one for today's hits and all time favorites. Turn it up all the way on the Ladonna Ratio. Hey, this is Char Telly, and my song "Fresh Out of Emotions" is coming up next. You're listening to my girl Ladonna Ray on the Ladonna Ray Show on eighty eight point nine FM. Feels like we fresh out of emotions. I ain't felt the love in a while, I'm just running through the motions, drowning in this ocean. I don't want to break your heart, but we're already broken. Fresh out of emotions, I ain't felt the love in a while, I'm just running through the motions, drowning in this ocean. I don't want to break your heart, but we're already broken. Sick of this fake love, to wake up alone. Sick of this fake love, no place to call home. I'm trying, but our love, our love is dying. I miss the old days. Thought we were forever, not a short face. Thought we'd be together, baby, always. Now we breaking up, we gotta part ways. From strangers to lovers to strangers again. From saying I love you to not even friends. It's funny that I thought that we wouldn't end Now you saying I love you to somebody else Feels like we fresh out of emotions I ain't felt the love in a while I'm just running through the motions Drowning in this ocean I don't wanna break your heart But we're already broken Fresh out of emotions I ain't felt the love in a while I'm just running through the motions Drowning in this ocean you to do better, 
wanted just a little left I wanted you to treat me like you love me but it's whatever I wanted you to be mine Why'd you have to waste my time? Why'd you have to treat me like an option waiting in a line? They say love first But this feels much worse You ripped the soul out of my body Then you left me saying sorry Why'd you do me like that? How'd you do me like that? Why'd you do me like that? Feels like we fresh out of emotions I ain't felt the love in a while I'm just running through the motions Drowning in this ocean I don't wanna break your heart But we're already broken Fresh out of emotions I ain't felt the love in a while I'm just running through the motions Drowning in this ocean Hi, this is Play Simone and my song Colorblind is coming up next. You're listening to my girl LaDonna Ray on the LaDonna Ray Show 88.9 FM. Don't play, you already know. Blood is screaming, hear the blood testifying. I 
Feel the ground beneath breaking See the heart of many shake I hear the blood screaming Hear the blood testifying I feel the ground beneath breaking See the heart of many shake Yo, what's going on? It's your boy Sora all the way from the UK What's going on, my girl, LaDonna Ray? You know what time it is? Right now we're getting locked in with my song Partways on 88.9 FM. We've been fighting time for a while, it's true. I be on your line, always trying to come through. But there's something on your mind, I can see it is too. Oh yeah. And you see, I'm known to grind, I get money. Countless times you witness me. Get money. Got all that But I know how to spend it Lost man can't relate But I guess it's ain't enough So we have to part ways And when you find someone new Remember that I really reminded you It's true I be on your line Always trying to come through But there's something on your mind I can see it is tough Ah oh, yeah We been fighting time for a while It's true I be on your line Always trying to come through There's something on your mind I can see it is tough I can see it is LaDonna Ray is a ray of sunshine. Who? LaDonna Ray? <laughs> yeah, that's my slime. And now, back with more of the Rick Hardy interview on the LaDonna Ray Show. Serving others and helping others. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that was it. And I used that, what we would call weakness, as a strength to help me overcome, you know, some of my demons. And that's to just speak in front of people. So, you know, as years would go on, I would then call the radio station because I think in the back of my mind, you know, I wanted to be able to do what I heard these guys on the radio do, which got me calling Earl Boston. You know, hearing him say my name gave me the confidence, made me feel like I was somebody, you know, in, in the back of my mind. That's when I said I really want to be like this guy. Especially the mm-hmm. fact that he took the time to talk to me. You know, he was just another person in my life that um, that poured into me just like that teacher did, uh, whose name I cannot remember. And those were the early stage. Yeah. Um, you grew up in Inglewood and mm-hmm. later went to Cabrini Green in K-Town. But then when you lived on the south side, you literally, you and your siblings had to travel all the way up north to go to school, to a better school. Mm-hmm. The transition to see south side population merge or kind of ombre into the north side population. What was that like going back and forth to school every day with a spitfire type of little sis? <laughs> right. You said like sis as a sister? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. It was fun. Uh, it was great for us, especially, you know, growing up in Inglewood, you get to see one lifestyle. If your family doesn't go outside of the, the perimeters of your neighborhood. Uh, luckily, my mother was an educator, stepfather who raised me since I was uh, probably two years old. He came into my life and he was 
a janitor working for corporate America downtown and eventually worked himself up to become a manager. So fortunately, uh, rather than us hanging out in the hood on Saturdays, he would take us to his office, you know, where he was a janitor in the beginning, right? Yeah. Then he eventually became the manager. So we walk into this big office with all these desks and typewriters and we just spend time like working in his office and, and being able to use typewriters and, and seeing what corporate America looked like when people were not there. And some days when they when they were there to introduce, you know, his uh, children, his stepchildren and his children to them, it made me feel loved. It made me feel wanted. It made me see a new world. So that was probably my, my first taste, you know, getting downtown, then going a little further north because my mother wanted to have uh, us have a better education. Going further into the north side, um, it was a whole nother world because where we grew up, we see nothing but black people. But to, to go see a, a diversity of people, it was amazing. You remember Bill Curtis, the uh, the news yeah, anchor? Yes. Bill Curtis, we went to school with Jim, Bill Curtis's children. And, and there's a school that Jim Belushi went to. And, and I think the big thing was like, did you know that the Lone Ranger went to this school many years ago? <laughs> and, uh, just to be around all of these kids. And uh, the school was called Lincoln, Lincoln School. And to be around all of these kids, it just felt really, it felt good to know that there was another world outside of what we saw, gang banging. I remember being on the South Side of Chicago, uh, going to Oliver Wendell Holmes on 55th and Morgan uh, and being in kindergarten where the teacher said, we can't leave home right now. Because back in the day, even in kindergarten, believe this or not, kids would walk home by them, mm -hmm. right? We walked they home did. by ourselves with other kids going the same direction, not buses, a mile away. And uh, it was cool back then. Well, we couldn't walk home this day because the Blackstone Rangers and the disciples were about to go to war. And it was, uh, I, I believe it was maybe the Blackstone Rangers, the El Rukins, I don't, or the Blackstone Rangers, the El Rukins, somebody against the disciples. And I remember being so afraid of that. And then that's when they would talk about stranger danger. But I think had I stayed there a little longer and not gone to the schools on the north side, it would have been tough for me. That just opened me up to something else. And I'm telling you, if you talk to my sister, LaDonna, you probably heard the stories about how we would take the bus back and forth uh, from the south side to the north side. And someone tried to steal uh, the trumpet because, you know, kids in the south side, they didn't have band where kids would have like an instrument. I mean, not early on like that, where we can take them home. So my mother brought a brand new trumpet after my sister was in the band. So we're taking the, the bus back. I remember one incident from, from the north side back to the south side. And some guys were looking at me with this little case. They didn't know what it was. They knew it was something. And they snatched it as we were at the train. And they ran. And I'm just like, fifth or fourth grade, I ain't going. My sister, spunky, chased the boy. I mean, chased the boy, fighting, taking the horn back. And I'm like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Let's get on the bus to go home. <laughs> it was good, though. Having, you know, having a sister uh, who was tough, who grew around boys, who who was not afraid. It was it was such a pleasure. I, I love her so, so dearly. Although I was uh, much bigger, she was always the protector. Always the protector. <laughs> <laughs> now, from what I understand, she yeah. would say, we fighting today. And everybody else would be like, we are? No, no, no. <laughs> Now she was, she was, yeah. I mean, and then we had the fight with different families going to up and down the Hostel 8 bus when we didn't want to take the train. There would be different families coming on the train and we'd fight with them because he was one of those things like, who you looking at? Who you looking at? Who you looking at? <laughs> then we scrap it, you know, holding on to the bars, kicking. Oh, it was crazy. It got to the yeah. point where the bus driver, when he saw us coming um, on, it was near Fullerton and Halstead, waiting uh -huh. at the bus stop. When he saw that, that group of back, the group of black kids about to take the Hostel 8 bus, he just go right by. He said, no, nah, not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> 
these kids. Not to, he just, oh my yeah, it was you know, fun though. It was fun. That, that's, that's a good thing. Like when families can, back then, you know, mm-hmm. families could scrap. Now right. you don't know what's going to happen. But, right. you know, I have a diverse learner myself and you, you touched on um, having a learning disability. But thing that I've learned about you, even in your younger years, is that even though there were children that were the undesirables, if you will, mm-hmm. you still made friendships with them and made them feel special. So in doing so, that just says a lot about who you are as a humanitarian, which has actually been you consistently, even from being a small child. What made you want to kind of pour yourself into the the group of kids that everyone else wanted to turn their backs on? The special kids. And I say special in a good way because they were special. I look at my family. I look at my grandmother when they migrated from Mississippi, probably in I would have to say was maybe 1950 or because my mother was born in 47, I believe. When they migrated, they came for a better life. And I come from a, a strong Pentecostal religious family. I mean, they praise the Lord every day, pray, praise the Lord every step they take every for lunch, dinner, breakfast. If you go to the toilet, you know, praise God. So all they did was taught us love. And my grandmother had 10 children, over 60 something grandchildren and great grandchildren. We had a huge family and my grandmother found a way to give everybody something for the holiday even if it was a pair of socks or mittens we all felt loved so i think it was i have to say it was my grandmother just just pouring into us you know making everyone feel special and and she would always say don't laugh at people you know you love people and if you can't port them don't hurt them you know there's so many things she'd say and we go to church and hear it over and over again so when i see these kids in the park that were the special kids and again and i say that in a good way because they really were because i saw them and i saw other kids you know throwing rocks at them and throwing bottles over their gate. And I was, those other kids were my friends. And I said, I would say, stop doing that. So, so that they wouldn't hurt these kids, I would go in their gate. Now we're not supposed to be in that gate. That's just for them. So I climb over the fence rather. It's a large fence and I go and play with them so that the other kids couldn't do anything to them. And you know, they, they laugh at me and go, oh, Zurich, Euro, whatever the the, the derogatory word they used. I don't want to say it here. I said, it's okay, but we're not going to bother them. You guys are safe with me. And that was it. And I began a friendship with one of the guys. I remember Ernesto and Eric. I mean, and I've been thinking about him today. I wonder where he is today. And sometimes we just, we'd walk home. Like he, he lived a couple miles away and we just walk and talk. And I mostly did that so that people wouldn't pick on him. And they saw mm-hmm. that they're just regular kids. Like we are, they have special needs. I think that's really where it came from. When I look at my, my grandmother, my mother, always just helping people. That's where it comes from. Done. I got to be honest with you. I yeah. saw it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's a good thing that you saw it because so many people don't see it. It's every man for himself. And your family has always been really close. In fact, close enough where when it was time to get the trash out. So you're, you know, <laughs> there are stories behind this, oh you know. Uh, but I remember you were telling me we were talking about just some of the imagery that you want to put out there for your next big thing. And you said, one thing I don't want to do is hide my battle scars. And, right. and so many people are so willing to hide their battle scars, go get them fixed, go get them covered. You know, I've got a few that I don't care about anymore. Mm-hmm. But but knowing where that where those battle scars come from, I you know, I, I think if I were your mother, I'd be upset. But I learned that, you know, <laughs> throw the trash down to me and I'll get it. You know, tell us about what happened that day and, and yeah. how did you, has it ever happened since, you know? Yeah. So that school I was going to with my, you know, helping, you know, playing with my friends and I, you know, I just wanted to play some more when I got home. So what we would do, where we live, we live in an apartment.
apartment building on the third floor and you know in Chicago it gets cold and you don't want to walk all the way down those slippery stairs so for a long time we would just pile, pile garbage in the back right and it'll freeze and it'll stay there and you know it'll stay preserved if you will and then when it start to warm up we had to get rid of it because mom was going to start going on the back porch she had never a reason to go to the back because that was our job so we had to get rid of the garbage so rather than having all these garbage bags me going up up and down up and down I said to my brother hey stay there throw the bag down he said are you sure I said yes then he takes the garbage bag another one go to the garbage can another one another one this time the garbage bag turned a glass jar you know fell out and hit me boom right on my nose there you oh my god see I'm, I'm starting to have uh oh 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 oh, oh my PTSD <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was how the broken nose happened. It fell right on my nose. And bro's like, "Are you okay? Oh my god, you're gonna die! Oh my god, I'm so sorry, I did it!" And all of that. And uh, I'm bleeding. You know, blood's coming down my nose. I yeah, I finally, you know, get back in the house. I put some cold water in a. I don't know, probably some paper towel and napkin or maybe some newspaper. I, I no emergency room? No, my mom, first of all, my mom was at work. She's an, she's an educator. She's a teacher. So her first thing is like, here we go again. <laughs> I mean, if it ain't the the boy when he bust his head here. So when I was a kid, I was a rough kid. My mother stayed in the emergency room with me. And she's like, <laughs> She was just more mad than worried. She was like, oh my God, here I go again. Can you imagine having that one kid that's just always doing something over and over and over again? So when she finally came home, I got it stitched. And I had to walk around with some stitches in my nose and a bandage across from the impact, impact. of the jaw. Yeah. Thank God the glass didn't go on my eye though. Yeah. You know, jeez, it was my wow. life. You got all the juice. I, I'm afraid to find out who, who told you all of this stuff. I just, you know, I was there, you know. <laughs> but you know th this is actually a good message because we're all going to go through our battle scars right. and we we can still come out unscathed you know with you going and living in what's considered a rough neighborhood still being able to come through that and be one of the world's most prominent voices you know what I'm saying when it comes to all of these networks people are aspiring to do just that you have your voice over club which yeah. you've had since forever Ever. I'll never forget when you started the website from Ning. Was it Ning? Yeah. I couldn't even say it. Yeah. And you started the Facebook of voiceovers there. And this is where everyone came from all over the globe to learn how to be voiceovers, yeah. you know, like Rick Party. And that network has really formed into an entire family. And I've watched and listened to you pour into these people because now they're aspiring to be voiceovers. I'm going to come back to that in just a second. So there was a certain someone, ironically, that you became really good friends with that thought you were kidding around when it came to you doing radio right. and then ultimately you were able to well darn near live five minutes away and be in the same industry as him we're yeah. talking about who Doug Banks 107.5 WGCI it's Doug Banks <laughs> Doug Banks <laughs> yes. I listen to Doug Banks on Power 107.5 WGCI it's Doug Banks okay you know so I listened to Doug every day as we all did when we were kids and I remember moving being kicked out by my mother to go live in with my father because I was just lazy to the bone. She said, go live with your daddy. So I went to live with my, my father in Cabrini Green, 862 North Sedgwick to be exact, right at Sedgwick and Chicago Avenue. So I had a job at Pizza Hut. So I was going to Pizza Hut, driving down Chicago Avenue, had to go all the way to Rush where the Pizza Hut was. But before I got there, there was a, a Chinese 
restaurant. I saw Doug Banks, the Curl Man, Shirley Strawberry, who used to be with him. And I think it was Shirley, right? Yeah. The whole team, they were they're gonna have lunch. And I saw Doug. And I was like, hey young man, how are you? I'm I said, I'm fine. What's your name? I mean Zurich. Hey Zurich, how are you? Good. I just I just heard you on the radio. Oh, you just heard me on the radio. Oh, that's good, good, good. Uh yeah, yeah. So so what are you doing? I'm gonna work at pizza. Oh, that's awesome. That's, what do you, what do you do? What do you Turn it up all the way on the LaDonna Ray Show. What up, what up, what up? This is Black Royal, and you're listening to 88.9 FM on the LaDonna Ray Show with my homegirl, LaDonna Ray. And this is my song, the hit of the summer, That Peppy Le Pew. Yo, Jay Fly. Where that, man? Who got that? that, that Black Royal, oh, yeah. Free Black Royal. Free Black Royal. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That, to my song dreams on the awesome LaDonna Ray show. Steal is 
And now back with more of the Rick Hardy interview on the LaDonna Ray show. What are you going to be when you grow up? And, uh, I want to be like you. I want to be a radio personality. He's like, oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, yeah. You know, you kind of, OK. Ah, you know, one of the things. Blew you, know, you off. Thinking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, he was, he's been very nice. Well, what good to me? You know, so Doug went in to eat and it was just a pleasure meeting Doug. I think Doug was probably the first famous person I met at that moment. And I think that was one of the many seeds after meeting Earl Boston, of course. But that was the so he was actually the second famous person that I met. Earl Boston being the first was a radio person on WBMX and Doug was on GCI. But having that experience LaDonna, I gotta be honest with you, it made, me, it made me feel because I knew then that I wanted to be a radio personality and I was in fact started going to Columbia School of Broadcasting. I was just really new in that. And it was one of those get it done quick kind of schools. Found out that it wasn't a get it done quick. I mean, it was a school that you go to and you spend hours every day. Not like you spend an hour today an hour tomorrow. It's We literally stay there all day just learning and learning and um having met uh earl and having met doug it was really all the am the ammunition that i need to go back to school and then go try some of my deliver my delivery on the school radio station so i had to go 102.7 bmx this is earl boston too this is doug banks at power 107.5 wgci you know so i just go switch back and forth and whatever voice i wanted to be i'd be that and i found myself listening to him more and listening to different radio personalities and just got me close to my dreams and the fact that I had the opportunity. So after meeting Doug, it made me work harder, made me work hard at Columbia School of Broadcasting. And then somewhere in there, I lost touch with um, Earl Boston. He knew that I was going to Columbia School of Broadcasting, but after studying, I then got a job in Wilmington, North Carolina. Hadn't spoken to Earl Boston in the minute. And when I called him on a payphone because I couldn't afford anything else. I mean, listen, my rent was extremely high. I was getting paid two something an hour living in North Carolina. My first job, uh, working a.m. at midnight from 6 a.m. I was a, a happy uh, 18, 19 year old kid on the radio. I didn't care the fact that I didn't have anything to eat. I mean, for me, uh, if if I had a pop, what some people call soda in the South and East, if I had a pop, some cookies and some gizzards from, from Kentucky Fried Chicken, I had a meal. I was straight. So I'm my height, 6'1", and I probably weighed like, I don't know, I would probably say 135. I was like this. Right. So um, so after I call Earl Boston from the payphone, he said, Zurich, how are you? I said, fine. I said, he said, where are you? I said, I'm in Wilmington, North Carolina, working in radio at a radio station. He said, a radio station? Get out of here. Send me a tape. I sent him a cassette tape. He heard my demo. He was blown away that his protege, the guy used to call him all the time, making dedications to his girlfriend, had the opportunity. I mean, had the, um, um, the, he actually went to school and became a radio personality. He said, come to Macon, Georgia. And I worked with him in Macon, Georgia. He hired me as a seven to midnight personality. And then I'd go on to Charleston, South Carolina, Virginia Beach, Dallas, uh, Miami. And then th that was in four years. And then I was actually called back to work at WGCI by Elroy Smith and Marv Dyson. And I could not believe that I had this opportunity to work with Doug Banks and Tom Jordan. Doug being the morning show, Tom being the afternoon guy. And that guy who just four years prior said to Doug, man, I want to be like you, was now working at the same radio. And I became the little brother, the little mentee. I mean, who who would who would who would think this, LaDonna? I mean, it's yeah. it's just it's just amazing to have it. Listen, I can go on and on about this story, but you're the interviewer and 
you got questions. So no, I love this story because yeah. this is this is pretty much where I've I just put a post out mm-hmm. and it said I think I told you this already, but I'm just bringing it together. Uh, I put a post out that said everyone else's nose used to be the answer. And right. so for you, you're saying that even though you didn't get that support or that confirmation mm-hmm. at the time, you still stay focused on what you wanted to do. You know, it goes back to you recording yourself saying I'm going to be this. And people were like, mm. right. <laughs> you know, and then going to school and, and deciding to further your craft and then actually getting into it. You were super serious about it. And that's what people need to really understand is that just because you wake up one morning and decide, ah, this is what I think I want to do. And you, you there's work that has to be put into it. You know, there's a lot of work that has to be put into it. There was a time when you were going between cities and ATL being one of them. And you came all the way back to Chicago. Now, mind you, we already had the commit to Rick from three to six. And that was a, a when you left, the city of Chicago knew about it. It was never said why. It just no more commit to Rick from three to six. But you had gone on to another market. What was your favorite market before I get to this next question? Well, Chicago. I mean, Chicago is my favorite. It's my city. It's my home. I mean, who doesn't want to be heard in their hometown where everyone can hear you at the time? I only... Well, two grandparents were gone, but I was I was closest to my my grandmother. So my grandmothers were still alive. My mom, you know, my whole family could listen to me on the radio. And that was the one of the, the biggest accomplishments in my life other than just being on the radio. So Chicago, I mean, being the hometown hero, when people found out that Zurich was Rick Party from Inglewood, they said, wait, no, Zur- Zurich is Rick Party. Wait, Zurich is Rick Party? The one who used to live over there on 55th between May and Racine? That wow. felt good. <laughs> it felt good. Yeah. And I got nothing but love. Love. Nothing but love from from the people, from my friends, my relatives, and and I. Not that I didn't get any love. I was a I was a, a shy kid. I was an introvert. So to now be able to you know be on the radio, travel four years away from Chicago, work at all these radio stations, and come back with this experience and sound like this radio personality that knew exactly what he was doing. I got a PhD on the MIC by by then. So it was a great thing, and it really felt good. I really. But there was a time when you went to New York and right before that, you definitely wanted to see at least a billboard or something with your name on it. Yeah. But you were in New York when you finally got that experience right alongside with the Wendy Williams. Yeah. You know, when I was in Chicago, being the hometown hero, being the young kid, you know, on the radio station with the Doug Banks and Tom Joyner, you know, I'm the next one to come up. And I wanted to get some of that love that they were getting. You know, they had billboards and their faces on posters and all of this stuff. I'm like, I don't got none of that. You know, when am I? don't get it. Hello, y'all see me over here. I'm 20-something wet behind my ears. Still got a whole lot to learn. I understood that it was about business and, and they were the cash cows and I had still yet some years uh, to, to learn more about the business. Time would go on. I'd move on to uh, after Chicago. I'd go to Atlanta, then back to Chicago and then Miami and then New York and still no billboard. <laughs> Great shows, but still no billboard until one day I was hired to be the morning show host at 107.5 WBLS and they now, when you're the morning show host, this is where all the bucks pour in, right? You're the cash cow. You're bringing the money in there, advertising on your show. So they're going to do everything they need to do to market you to bring in advertisers. So if they see this young, vibrant, fun show, they're going to want to 
than money. So, but the only way that people buy into the radio station is if the radio station buys out. So they had to put billboards everywhere so that people can see us and know that we existed. And I remember wanting for so long to have a billboard coming down uh, the 40 something floor of the building on 34th and Park. I ha just so happened to be working with Wendy Williams. She did the afternoon show. I did the morning show. So as I'm finishing my show, Wendy's walking down because she'd be back and forth from Jersey to New York and she just, you know, do business. And she pretty much spent all day at the radio station preparing for her afternoon show. But as we're coming down the, the uh, elevator together, I see a bus roll by with my face on it and my other team, Sonia Cologne and uh, Ann Tripp. And it said the Rick Party morning show. Rick Party, uh, Sonia Cologne, Ann Tripp, uh, 6 till 10 a.m. And Wendy's standing there right next to me. She goes, see, there you go. You know, I was like, wow. wow. You, you sounded just like her. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and and it's almost like she read my mind, like, like she knew that I wanted to see something like that. But I think she knows what that meant, you know, being a radio personality that wanted so much more for herself and she, who had seen glory in so many places. So she knew exactly uh, what that meant, you know, to me without me even having a discussion with her. And I felt humbled in that moment. I felt like uh, God didn't want me to have those things that I, I thought I should have. He mm -hmm. wanted me to work a little harder for them. He wanted me mm -hmm. to be in a position where I could you know, receive them humbly without having to say, hey, I'm home. Y'all look, I'm on the billboard. I was, even though I was not that guy, he just knew that I, I probably wear that some kind of way if I was much younger. Yeah. So he waited like, you know, 10, 10 years to give it to me. You know, it was a great feeling. Though. <laughs> yes. Radio stations change their format often. And a lot of times we, you don't even realize it. I'll never forget back in the uh, early 90s when a radio station here that was known for jazz switched over to Power 92. And that was just such a blast for me. But my mother was devastated. <laughs> the same thing happened on 103.5. They went from an oldie station to a now Kiss 103.5. And the very first voice to crack the mic was... Don't move. More of the LaDonna Ray Show coming up right after this. What's up, world? It's your girl, Karma the Artist. And this is my song, Before It's Over, on the LaDonna Ray Show with my girl, the one, the only LaDonna Ray on 88.9 FM. What you say? Knowing them well, just where you need to be. Right here where you belong. All before you want and you was taking so long. I just need your attention, your affection. Need that reconnection. That's my confession. So answer the question. come over. you close, feeling the chemistry. I had your line, but you're still missing me. We both know where you need to be. Right here, right where you belong, before you wanted, you was taking so long. I just need your attention, your affection. Need that reconnection. That's my confession. So answer the question. 
Yo, what it do? It's your boy Lil Squo, and you're listening to Ed Out. This is my joint. I'm just trying to Ed Out. Uh, I understand if I was copping nicks, but I'm just trying to take a stand and take a kneeling like I'm Kaepernick. I'm just trying to Ed Out. I'm just trying to Ed Out. I understand if I was copping nicks, but I'm just trying to take a stand and take a kneeling like I'm Kaepernick. Martin Luther, I'm Malcolm X. I'm Huey Newton, boy, I die about my respect. I'm Kevin Gates, I'm really real, I really will. Stand for mine, ready to die like I'm Emmett Till. Amazing still, how freedom feels like slavery still. Not a house now, cause I'm still out here in the field. It doesn't matter, it's like how you feel. If lies matter, why the f is we getting killed? I'm Mary Gardner, face down, I can't breathe. I'm Central Plan, did I hang or did they sentence me? License to carry on the laddies hold to finish me. But every life got a story, what my ending be? How we go curse, but in this verse. Public announcement to the public, this is a touchy subject. But could I keep it real, or should I change the subject? It's profound, and right now I see this prejudice. I'm out of line, but it's no time for the etiquette. A black killer, black, okay, they cool with it. But a black killer, white, they lock them up and hang them quick. But a white killer, black, they raising funds and then acquit. I guess I'm Trayvon Martin, I'm finna hoodie shit. Looking like a suspect, so they gon' kill me quick. Bright flash, eyes shut, nigga, and then a bullet hit. Please, Mr. Officer, tell my kids I ain't doing shit. Picture perfect, let me paint this vivid picture. See, there's a victim, and a mama holding tissue. Now all eyes on me, I guess I'm Tupac. Nah, What's poppin' Shot Town? You are now tuned in to my girl LaDonna Ray on the LaDonna Ray Show. And you listening to my song Snapchat on 88.9 FM. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Hey, I got a story to tell. I was on Snapchat and this app hit my going to jail. This little group chat was a smash and bullet and kickers of flavor. A whole lot of gang that was involved, no beef and just getting to paper. Then I got a call from one of you niggas. Pull up and let's ball with all of you niggas. I had been popping so long that I couldn't fall for none of the tricky. Yeah, I had a girlfriend at the time, still had all these s pulling out their t- Don't think that my main chick didn't know. She told me straight up if the was pretty, pull up to Kentucky riding in the bucket. Malibu to Chevy s looking very, very, very scary. We got rolled like damn, that was the fourth time this trip. We were so blown free. Take K had to hit Quando for the flip. Cousin on papers couldn't leave the state. That's what they said, but we still dip. Touchdown, Dairy Queen. We brought everything. Looking back, damn, it's just damn. I was really selling dreams since i was on every team i ain't have a wedding ring trying to hold each other make a couple moves looking for the better cheat like hey i got a story to tell i was on snapchat and this app hit my going to jail this little group chat was a smash and bullet and kick us a flavor a whole lot of gangs was involved no beef into getting to paper got lit quick hold on ran through a zip quick strong a house party had a little dip looking like sydney but wait there's more of the LaDonna Ray Show coming up. And now back with more of the Rick Hardy interview on the LaDonna Ray Show. Rick Hardy. Yeah, yeah. That was an experience because right before that, they were jamming Odie's 103.5, the beat. After I left WGCI, suddenly, didn't don't still don't know why to this day, I was in lingo. The station said, today's your last day. In the meantime, there's a station in New York, look, and there's a station in Dallas, look. So both stations wanted to hire me, but I did not want to go to do the 6 to 10 kitty show because, you know, at this moment, I'm doing afternoons. I come up afternoons. I'm grown now. I don't do the kitty show. 
show. And then the station, and that's in Dallas, the station New York wanted me. And it was the station, ironically, was called Jammin' 105. So I made a demo tape, sent it to the program director, Joel Salkowitz at the time. And Joel loved the, the demo. And he said, we want to hire you. This is, we're talking to him all week on a Monday. He wants me to come, probably come to New York starting that Monday. In the meantime, I was also working, doing some part-time work at Jammin' 1035 in Chicago, just to keep my chops wet, just to, so I can talk a little bit, so I don't, I don't lose what I have. Now, Joel wants to hire me in New York. Jammin' 103.5 decides to flip formats and go after B96. So they wanted to go for the top 40 uh, rhythmic type of format. And they said, we want to keep you here and we want you to do the afternoon show. We want you to be the afternoon host and we're going to pay you X amount of dollars. Word? Hey, uh, Joel in New York. Yeah, my man, I'm not coming. Call him like the 11th hour, you know? And he was like, oh my God. So the good thing is that that station Jamming 105 was owned by Clear Channel, which is now iHeart. iHeart people said, hey, um, J-Bo Jones wants to hire Rick Party to do afternoon so he can stay home. He's a hometown hero. I became an afternoon show host on Kiss 103.5. This is Rick Party. Hello. Had a good day, boys. Right there. It's fun. You know, <laughs> hello, who's this? All right. What do you want to hear? You know, so had that whole thing going on <laughs> for two years. And ironically, it worked because I listened to a lot of Top 40 radio. Listen to Z95 and B96. And I love those personalities. And I love the personalities like a Dan Shannon for B96 and Doug Banks. You know, they they were just different. They were quick with it. And those are my type of personality. So it was easy for me to segue from record work, from an urban station to a top 40 station. And for me to go from urban to a jamming oldies to a top 40, it's like I never really married myself to music, LaDonna. I always say that I'm a radio host. Put me on a country station and I'm going to fit right in. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How would you sound on a country station? Quite honestly, country today is not like it's not US 99. This is slim pickings. It ain't like that no more. You know, today it's today. It's like it's US 99. It's 904. And we got a chance for you to win a thousand dollars right here on US 99. It's regular now, right? OK, and then they play a country song. I mean, because today it's it's contemporary. But, you know, if I had to go like this, US 99, 1004, this Rick Party got a chance for you to win a thousand dollars. Stay right there. Here's uh, Garth Brooks on US 99. <laughs> The funny thing about it, too, is that when we think about formats like that, when people think of country, that's the first dialect we go to. But think about it. People who live in Chicago who love country music, that's not the way they talk. Maybe in Tennessee or Alabama or some some deep parts of Georgia, that's the way they speak. As these formats grew, we realized the only thing that was different from these personalities were just the music that they played, not what they talked about. And they they sounded, you know, just like we did. They were just, mm -hmm. you know, and, and think about today. You have like uh, Darius Brooks and a whole bunch of other country artists. They're just they're just different. They don't they don't chew to back in wear hats and But why does every why does every song start with in a small town? I mean everything's a small town. You know what I think that is to just really uh set the scene in the person's head to bring people down to humility. You know, because okay. you know when you when you think of, of small town on a small town road you just think about everybody knows each other. There's a sense of family there, you know, so they want to they want to center you there first. Then they're going to get into the story, you know, rather than the big city. You know, I think they that's where it's it. They can say a small church and <laughs> right, have right, the same right. effect. So but going to um, back to a uh, kiss one on 3.5, I was there for two years and it was truly a blessing. I didn't have to you know, I wasn't working at WGCI anymore, but I had an opportunity to work at a top 40 station, which is actually different for me. I got to uh, meet interesting artists like Pink and um, Lenny Kraft habits and uh, I got to talk to members of the groups REM and Three Doors Down and Steven Tyler um, having to talk
talk to him. Hey, what's up, Rick Party? It's Steven Tyler. You know, what's up, man? Hey, hey, Steven, guess what? I got so-and-so on the phone. Guess what? She doesn't know, but she wants to go see you in, in Providence, Rhode Island, and we're going to call her and surprise her right now. All right, Rick, let's do it, man. You know, hey, what's up, <laughs> Stephanie? Hey, it's Rick Party from Kiss 103.5. Uh, guess what? I don't know what. Guess who's this on the phone? Hey, Ebony, you're going to go see us and oh my God, is it Steven Tyler? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so just that whole experience was really, it was really fun. That was just really right for me going from uh, an urban station to a top 40 station where not only were the people different, the dialect was different. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that had to do with my mom taking us from the South side to the North side to experience the world. So that's what she was doing. Like that, she knew what she was doing. This woman, who this kid who had to migrate from Mississippi back in the 50s knew she wanted a better life. And she got us away from racist Mississippi. She got herself from racist Mississippi, had children. And she said, she's going to have children now. She's got to get us away from where we are to something better. And that just so happened to be the north side of Chicago so we can see the world, which really just married itself when I came back to radio to work at 103.5. It all made sense then because I, mm. I had this experience, you know, just going to school with everybody and knowing how to communicate. Yeah, it's a great experience. It, it can be absolutely because now you're not having culture shock where you don't know how to, you know, interact with people outside of your own community. So right. it's very helpful. You have always pretty much lived a healthy lifestyle. You've talked about the things that you've worked through and what your intentions were and having a good mindset. You don't mind sharing because you feel like I don't mind sharing with you how to get to the next level because it's no threat to me. And I don't even think you think of it that way. And they're like, man, how is he so giving? How is he so open with the the things, the tools that he uses? And I remember early on, you didn't take me under your wing. I'm not going to say you took me under your wing and I was working with you all the time. But if I ever called you to get some feedback or some advice or even a little bit of training, you always took the time to do so. You were never too busy. And I certainly don't blow up that phone because (laughs) I already know how busy you are. And but you have been a very giving person pretty much all of your life. Yeah, I have. And um, I credit that, uh, you know, to my grandmother, to my mother, to the Earl Boston's, to the Doug Banks, um, to everybody who came into my life and gave me an opportunity to do what I, I do best. Uh, to everybody who loved on me to uh, to protect it, you know, who, who's protected me. I got to say, I'm blessed. We live in a world today where, you know, people have suffered so much trauma from abuse. And um, I'm so thankful that I have been covered in that respect. And tell me, let me tell you, I've been in some dangerous situation mm-hmm. um, where I, I could have easily become a victim. But um, I felt that I was just blessed. And it was part of my life to to use that as a testimony and to just share those gifts with people. So I knew that if everything was given to me, who am I to keep it? Like, I'm I'm not I knew that I was not special. I don't have a, this gift, this this voice that, oh, my God, I don't I don't have that. I understand that. I understand that, that what I do I have a nice voice. But there are people out there with, with an oh, my gosh, voice. You know, I told people I've met so many people in my life that didn't want to share. I knew that I didn't want to be that person. And I and I also knew that if you were to help me, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you anyways if you need the help. Mm -hmm. So I just couldn't help but to be that guy because I knew that there were more me's out and Mm -hmm. if they were awarded the same opportunities, they'd go far. So I always take myself back to that kid who had a learning disability, uh, who had a speech impediment, um, who 
I was not awarded these opportunities. So if I could give it to someone early on, maybe they go back and, you know, pretty much do it for other people. So, you know, that's pretty much where that came from. And that's why I do the things I do today, LaDonna. I mean, you see me teaching people, right? Yes. So, yes. Well, I feel that there's a need to introduce the fact that you have been recently given or awarded the honorary doctorate in humanitarianism, which we should be referring to you as Dr. Rick Party. Um, <laughs> and, and that just goes to show you that it's not being unnoticed. Everyone knows that whatever Rick touches turns them to a much closer golden self. It's just the way it is. And I think that just makes up who you are. And there's not enough use in the world, but people can learn from this. I learned early on about patience just by watching you as my big brother and saying that I'm going to apply that to my life as well. So thank you very much, Mr. Or should I say Dr. Rick Party. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. You know, when I hear that and I I get more people now referring to me as, as Dr. Dr. Party or Dr. Rick Party. And I just, I giggle about it, but now I start to shut my mouth. You know, I I really have to learn to accept that, that that's my, that's my reward from the world um, for giving back and to receive an honorary doctorate in humanitarianism. That's man, that's, that's what my life has been about all this time. And I'm still learning today. And I continue to implore people to do it, not for awards, not for accolades, just because it's the right thing to do and to serve people. That's all it's about, LaDonna, seriously. Yes, absolutely. Well, forget about that nine-year hiatus you took from radio, and then when you walked away, and then just recently, you were like, you know what? There's always something brewing in the party plan. Oh, yeah. So uh, what's next for you? Well, you know, you know, I've had, I've had radio shows. I had a syndicated radio show, which ended, and you know me. I always say when you walk into a building, look for the exit doors, right? Look for the, know where they are. I, I look for the bathroom. I'm sorry. You look for the bathroom, look for the exit door. <laughs> so I had a show and I always look for, okay. And, and I don't say that, I don't say this in the, in a bad way at all. When you work for a company and or corporation, they have the power over you. Uh, your show becomes their show. So you always have to have an exit plan. For me, I've always done that when it comes to work. You know, if this doesn't work, what am I? going to do. So for a few months, I've been behind the scenes brewing on my next big deal. And I've been vetting people for a long time. And I kind of knew who I wanted to work with. And then I met a young lady on Clubhouse on social media. I said, she is different and she won't shut up. (laughs) She would be perfect for what I'm doing. And she's Funky and she has an attitude, you know. And so I met this young lady and I knew this guy. And I said, you know what? This would be a, a perfect match and sprinkle some other people around us. But I met a young lady by the name of Natasha Simona on Clubhouse some months ago. Could not stand her absolutely one bit. I'm not going to even lie. But it was just something about her that just um, made me say she's got something special. And after talking to her hours and months and days, I had a pretty good idea of who she was as a person rather other than, you know, what I what I heard uh, on social media. Her story is um, amazing. And one day when we're back all together, I let her tell a story. And uh, D. Lee is a comedian who worked on the Wendy Williams show. He's a guy who coined the phrase. How you doing? He he used to do a character uh, by the name of Shante. And, you know, I let him tell that story of how Wendy has it now. But that's my team. He's the funny guy slash radio personality. Uh, she's my co-host, radio personality, uh, news 
bluesy, loud mouth, and we have now formed the Rick Party Show. Ah! How about that? The Rick Party Show. Yes, insert applause here. Yes. We've been waiting. <laughs> Congratulations Thank to you. you. So make sure you follow Dr. Rick Party on all social media platforms. I'll tell you the one on Clubhouse because that's the one that says his name, but you can also follow him at the Rick Party Show on Clubhouse as well. Yes, this man has a velvety voice coming through Clubhouse. How does who does that? Just you, Rick. You figured it out. You know, me <laughs> but, right. You know, show you right. Show you. Ooh, right. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead and follow him on all social media platforms. Keep up with Rick. It's like it's the best thing since sliced bread. All right. Okay. Thank you so much for doing this interview, and I will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye for now. Wow. That was so amazing to have Mr. Rick Party on the LaDonna Ray show. I am always honored to have each and every one of our guests, but when they are someone that you've known and they're close to home, it just makes a difference because now you guys see what we have as far as legendary. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So tune in with me. Don't forget to subscribe on my channel on YouTube. Look for the LaDonna Ray show. You can find me on all social media platforms. Just look for the LaDonna Ray show and we're on every week on 88.9 fm in chicago and if you miss it just find the whole darn interview on youtube that's what i'm talking about but you gotta subscribe no cap i'll see you next time i'm your girl Ladonna ray bye bye for now peace man i just listened to the hottest show in radio the Ladonna ray show yeah, in Chicago, about 8 o'clock every, every Monday morning, best show on radio right now. She's interviewing. If you're an unsigned artist and you need an interview, try to get with LaDonna Ray and get on her show, man. It's fire! <laughs> you're getting that from your uncle, baby, the only 70-year-old rapper in the game, Unc Emo. Check it out, the LaDonna Ray Show, every Monday, 8 a.m.